welcome to the Gentle Counselor podcast, episode number 22. My name is Crystal and I'm the creator of The Gentle Counselor, where I provide online resources to support the mental health and well-being of parents and children. Today on the podcast, we have a very special guest, Ilaneeth Benjamin, and she is from Mothering Mindful Daughters. Ilaneeth Benjamin is a holistic wellness coach. Her passion is connecting mothers to a loving space within themselves in order to have a more profound connection with their teenage daughters. She helps mothers go deeper in their self-healing journey using techniques from mindfulness, yoga, stress-based resiliency, and shadow work to help them let go of what no longer serves them. The result is better, more self-aware and confident mothers. They are then better able to model these traits for their daughters and form a more connected relationship, raising a more self-confident, resilient, and compassionate generation to come. I'm so excited for us to talk about how to really connect with your teenage daughter. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Gentle Counselor podcast, Ilaneeth. Thank you so much for having me, Crystal. I appreciate it. I feel like a lot of what I've seen from what you've shared and your work that you're doing really aligns with what I'm doing. So let's talk about first, what does mental health and well-being mean to you? And if you would like to share a bit more about this mental health concern that you have. Yeah, sure. No problem. So like you said, I work with mothers and I work, work with their teenage daughters. Um, specifically, I work with mothers. Um, why do I work with mothers? Because I feel like we have this huge responsibility, an unfair responsibility, really, um, as the first teachers of our children. And so with that comes, um, you know, the opportunity for us to dig deeper into our own self-healing. And I feel like that is our, that is our life work here in this world. And what better opportunity than to have, what better opportunity to have than by being a mother. Um, I work specifically with teenage girls. Um, I have worked with them for the past 16 years as a teacher, as a guidance counselor. And for me, I find um, that they are choosing unhealthy ways to deal with stress, anxiety, and just, you know, throughout their everyday hardships, um, things like risky sexual behavior, abuse, um, social media, drugs, alcohol, toxic friendships, and the list goes on and on. And so I feel like it's important for us as mothers, us as guides and teachers in this world, to be able to teach our children or teach our girls um, healthy ways of dealing with those everyday hardships. Um, so what I what I did in my past, in my past life, <laughs> was I, my past life as a teacher, is I used to bring um, mindfulness into the public schools of Toronto. I'm Canadian. Um, and I learned that when they're given the choice of healthy outlets, so things like yoga, mindfulness, um, stress-based re- um, resiliency, that sort of thing, um, they're very receptive and they gravitate towards those teachings. Um, and in terms of the relationship between a mother and a daughter, I mean, I could teach that stuff 
as much as I want. And, you know, the kids can be, the, the girls are receptive to it. But what happens is that when they go home and it's not reflected in the mothers, then I feel like those teachings are lost um, because I feel like our girls learn from example and they learn from what they see and not necessarily from what we're saying, um, mostly from what we're doing. So that's why I feel like it's important for the mothers to embody um, this kind of work as well, which is why I took it one step deeper and uh, started to teach um, the mothers about yoga mindfulness, stress-based reduction, um, resiliency, and that, and those kinds of ancient techniques that really work, that I find um, really have, really show evidence in changing who we are in this world. I love everything that you just said, and I feel like we are so aligned right now in <laughs> the paths that we're going on in our work, and it's so funny that we both have a history of being teachers and school yes. counselors <laughs> and we're both primarily you working know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I'm just sitting here nodding and I'm like, yes, exactly. That's what we need because you're right. Something's happened where mothers have been so self-sacrificing for so long, but yes. at what cost? And we know the cost now it's showing up. It's showing up in our own past traumas that haven't been healed. It's showing up yes. in the way we parent. It's showing up in how we're being triggered. It's showing up in all the relationships around us, even who we pick as a romantic partner. And at some point we have to realize that we are just as important and our needs need to be met as well, that we can't only focus on our children. Absolutely. Because absolutely our role models for them, like you said, they are watching us. And so what a better way to raise them to be more aware of their own mental health and well-being and taking care of themselves on a deeper level, like you're saying, than showing yes. us and doing the work ourselves. Absolutely. And I think we get so caught up in the hamster wheel that we forget to do that self-reflection, we, we don't give ourselves the opportunity and the gift of doing it, not only for the lives of our children and for our teenage girls or for, you know, um, our kids, but for ourselves, right, in terms of our own personal growth. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we tend to think, oh, tomorrow I'll do this or I'll do this when my kids are a certain age. But no, you need to be able to do it within the moment. And it's a really, it's a really important technique to learn to be able to tap into your own inner wisdom into your own in your own capacity for self-reflection um, because it's happening now right they're watching you now <laughs> so so what are you what are we doing what are are we asking ourselves those big questions are we able to hold our big emotions um, are we are we looking into our unconscious behaviors right because we're just on autopilot so, you know, stopping and really reflecting and giving yourself that space of silence is really important so that you can, you know, start the next day and be a better person. Can you share with us a bit more about your own journey with mental health and some of the things that you do for yourself? Yeah, for sure. So my parents are actually from India, so they're South Asian. So I've always had um, holistic techniques and wellness weaved into um, who I am as a person and growing up and watching my parents in terms of the foods that they choose to eat or how they approach um, health and wellness, how they used to approach health and wellness in, in my household. 
Um, but I'm also Canadian. So I always felt like I needed to go out there and travel and kind of explore that part of myself a little bit more. Um, I went to India and that's where I took my yoga um, certification and Thailand. I did my mindfulness and meditation certification. And then from there, I just couldn't keep quiet anymore. I had to share it with the world. And so I traveled um, around the world and teaching those techniques. Um, and mostly in South America. Right now, I'm in Medellin, Colombia, uh, where I'm drawing on all sorts of other wisdom from, <laughs> you know, the Andean mountains and the beautiful people that are here. Um, so that was you know, the, the foundation of my, um, of my holistic education in terms of medicine. Um, in terms of the work that I chose for my life, I trained as a guidance counselor for the high, in the high schools of Toronto. And from there, like I said, I realized that there was a lot of limits in terms of how I could counsel. Um, you know, obviously it's a bit taboo or some people associate yoga meditation with religion, which is not, it's a, it's a philosophy. Um, and I found that there were a lot of limitations in terms of how much I could share and how much of myself could expand um, within, you know, the, the confines of a, of a, of a school. Um, so then I decided to get my certification as a wellness coach for women um, but mostly, you know, Crystal, I've got two daughters myself <laughs> and I'm constantly on this journey to discover and embody what I preach. Um, because my, my audience, my daughters are watching and, but most of all, I want to be accountable to myself as, as a mother and as a human being in, in this world. Yes. It's so often that our own experiences lead us to yes. what we're doing and how we want to show up in the world and how we want to serve others. And I totally agree with that, that sometimes being in a school setting can be so restricting. And that's even what pushed me from being a teacher to becoming a school counselor was I was so sick of not being able to help my students more right. than I wanted to outside of academics. And even now there's still certain rules in place and it can be really tricky to navigate sometimes when you have to follow a certain framework or a certain plan that the school has in mind. And sure. The protocols and the yeah. curriculum and, <laughs> yeah. and yeah. even um, what I'm realizing a lot now as well is that we also need to be working with the parents. And so like you're saying, we also need to be working with the mothers, with the women to help them on this journey because sometimes you need to go into that family dynamic to really figure out what is going on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, when there is the willingness from the families to want to change and to want to be better, I feel like that is the pivotal moment when you see change in, in your teenage daughter specifically. Um, but again, there needs to be that willingness, but also I found, you know, working in the school system was that there's such a disconnect between parents and children and you know the parents really want to mothers really want to help out their children but they don't know how to we live in such a different world right now um you know with in terms of technology in terms of mothers having babies later so there's the generational gap um you know there's so many differences but at the end of the day 
what I've learned is that their daughters really, really want to connect with their mothers, mm. just like they used to when they were younger. There's just this longing in them. Yes, um, you're so, so right. I, yeah. yeah, and that's and that's what I help. That's what I help the mothers and the daughters do is to you know find different ways of communicating and find different ways of communicating and trusting again, mm. um, because you can't raise you know a teenager the same way that you do a child. It's very, it's a very different technique. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's a much softer technique, um, a more hands-off technique, but a lot of mothers continue again on that autopilot and they feel like, well, this technique worked when I, when they were younger, so why shouldn't it work now? And then they feel lost. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's different. It's very, very different. Um, and you know, as, as much as the girls have the attitude or roll the eyes or feel like they don't need their mothers anymore. I have learned and they have disclosed to me that they really do want a connection and that relationship is so important. Yeah. And sometimes they just have really funny ways of showing it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. They're not, they're not crying anymore Mm -hmm. or throwing tantrums. It, It looks different. So Yeah. They're not asking for you to cuddle or pick them up. Nope. (laughs) Yeah. And I always talk about how we're living in such different times and really we're not supposed to mother alone. We are supposed to be raising Mm. our children together. Like back when we had tribes and everyone was living together in extremely close proximity and, and you would get that support and that advice and information from each other. And I swear I dream of a different life where I could just you know, run off to a field with a bunch of women and raise our children together. I actually have Absolutely. a group of friends that we talk Absolutely. about this often. Um, it's, it's hard. Parenting is hard. And especially with what we're doing, where we're also trying to pay respect to the fact that we have our own inner healing that we need to work on. But also a lot of us want to work on that side of ourselves as well. Right. Absolutely. No, it's so beautiful. I love the way you put all that together and especially the piece on community Mm. um, because there's something about mothers when they have teenagers um, where they go silent and, um, you know, as mothers of newborns, we talk about dirty diapers and sleep patterns and Mm -hmm. food and, (laughs) you know, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, it's really nice. There's a bit of a community there. And then as our girls get older, we tend to lose that. Mm. Um, And I don't know if it's an issue of privacy. I don't want to invade the privacy of my daughter. Um, But there there is an isolation piece that comes with that where I've learned in my work that a lot of mothers feel alone in their parenting of teenage girls. Um, And it's because they don't reach out to their communities and, and realize that you know, other mothers are doing things that work. Some are doing things that don't work, um, but that we need to talk. The conversation needs to happen. Um, so I agree fully with the community piece that you just brought up. As you mentioned, you are a mother of two daughters. And so for you, where have you found the most support? Um, the most support for me has been in maintaining my friendships with other mothers who are, you know, some of my best girlfriends going through the same stages. Um, A lot of support from my husband, who is a stay-at-home father, um, who realizes the importance of, you know, raising our girls in the most conscious way. 
um, which is very taboo because he's Colombian and he's a male and being stay-at-home father is not <laughs> something that's common around here. So he's definitely, <laughs> um, you know, breaking all the rules. But at the end of the day, I think the value of, you know, raising kids that are aware, that are conscious um, of their actions and their existence in this world is really important. So my husband is, you know, my, my number one um, partner in, in crime when it comes to raising our girls. Um, That's amazing. I know that you're joking about how it's breaking the rules, but really there's the flip (laughs) side of how much there is to gain from that as well. And how amazing for your daughters to have their father so present and around them too. Absolutely. I mean, we've spoken about, you know, hiring an outside person to come in and but it's just, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. And I understand there are families that need to do that. Um, but, you know, to try and be as present as you can in the lives of your children is such an important piece of your happiness. Um, and, we, and I've seen that. I've seen it with my own eyes and through my own experiences that those kids who have grown up in families where the parents don't take the time or both of them are working outside of the home or, um, you know, they, they survive in childhood. But then there's something that bubbles up within adolescence mm. um, that they really need to, to deal with. And so if, if that is a fact within your family where both of you do have to go out and work, you know, to ask yourself the big question, how am I showing up in the lives of my children? You know, am I taking time on the weekends? Am I dedicating specific time during the day where I can really drop in and dive deep with how their day was? Um, you know, those are, those are little things that we can do as parents um, that are important for, for their development. What is something that you wish you could tell yourself or others during dark moments? Hmm. I wish that I could tell myself or that I would have told myself earlier that there is always a bigger plan. Um, That in this world, there's only winning and learning, not winning and losing. Um, I would tell myself to trust that it always works out and that we're always given the resources that we need to survive in the moment. Um, you know, if we're willing to open our heart and see what's available, then I feel like those are the resources that we need right then to deal with whatever issue we have. And again, not to be afraid to reach out for support, um, whatever support looks like for you, whether it's a phone call or whether it's, you know, a psychotherapist or whether it's, um, you know, whatever support looks like for you to to not be afraid to reach back. So one of the biggest things for me that always comes up um, in my practice as a coach is the lack of self-care <laughs> mm-hmm. that mothers um, give themselves, which I think is completely normal. Um, like I said, we get on the hamster wheel and we forget to check in. Um, and it's not easy to give ourselves that self-care, but it's essential. Um, when we take time for ourselves, our daughters learn how to do the same. And, you know, when we are self-compassionate, we teach self-compassion. When we respect ourselves enough to give ourselves the gift of time and care, our daughters do the same and they ultimately understand their own value. Um, Another thing that's important for mothers, um, which is hard when we are busy being a martyr, (laughs) is stillness. 
And if we give ourselves this gift, whether it comes from waking up half an hour early, walking in nature, taking a longer shower, sipping a warm cup of tea instead of letting it get cold, (laughs) um, a lot comes up and stuff that's profound from our lifetime and generations past that needs to be processed, uh, dealt with, and untangled. And when we sit in this mindfulness act of stillness, um, we become more aware and conscious mothers, uh, which is one of the biggest gifts that you can give your daughter. I love how simple that your tip is there, but it's so profound. And you're right. It's sort of like how people make the joke of, I do my best thinking in the shower. Sometimes it is those simple (laughs) moments. Or for me, a lot of the time, I have amazing conversations in my head when I'm driving and I wish that I could somehow (laughs) record it or write it down, but obviously I'm driving and that's not safe. But it's in those moments where you're able to kind of zone out from things that are disrupting you and affecting your energy, affecting, you know, just those really important connections going on in your brain where you're able to reflect on yourself, reflect on your past, reflect on the future and just all those things around you in that moment, those little moments. And that's where you can do a lot of groundwork. And I think that, you know, self-care and stillness for a mother doesn't have to look like quiet time at the spa or that big vacation that you're saving up for. It needs to come on a daily basis and it needs to be small Mm -hmm. and eventually it'll accumulate into something bigger and you'll see the benefits of it. But it looks, like I said, self-care for a mother looks very different from another person um, who's not a mother. So. So we've come to the end of the podcast and is there anything that you would like to share with our audience about any offers or about your business so that they know where they can find you? Yeah, for sure. So my first um, coaching call is always free. Um, And in that one hour call, we dive deep into some issues that are coming up for you. Um, I help you out as much as I can. Um, it's It's a nice opportunity to be able to sit down and really um, untangle some things. So that call is always free. I have a free global Facebook group for mothers. And it's a wonderful space, again, to connect with mothers of teenage girls. Um, There's a seasonal giveaway where I ask a question and the question is supposed to, you know, trigger advice um, from other mothers and what they're doing and just spark up the conversation. And you know, the, the comment with the most likes and loves gets the giveaway of that, of that season. So it's lots of fun. I love that. And I'll also make sure to have all this listed below. You can find Ilaneeth's website, www.motheringmindfuldaughters.com. And she's also on Instagram at motheringmindfuldaughters. Thank you so much again for being on the podcast today. I have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and I know we're going to have many more in the future. Me too, Crystal. Thank you so much. Deep gratitude for this opportunity. I appreciate it.